You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And we have a fun-filled show for you today. Listen, we're going to actually talk about uh, the Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. fight. Uh, And then we'll get into the COVID situation in uh, professional sports. Uh, But first, let's go ahead and get get into this uh, Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight, man. Look here. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. will be fighting in the exhibition fight on September 12th. Uh, it won't be 12 rounds. Uh, my understanding, it is going to be eight rounds. I don't believe it's going to be any any headgear on. No. Nope. It's going to be just a straight-up fight. I don't know what is going to actually happen in this fight. I do know, though, that it is going to be unpredictable because uh, that's what Tyson brings into the ring. But... I believe that they're going to get a, a fair number of people who's going to get this pay-per-view, man. Yes. I believe, yes. I believe people are going to get this pay-per-view, man. I man. believe they're going to make some money off of this. Man, Cass been watching those Tyson clips, man, hitting that heavy bag. <laughs> man, listen, Roy Jones Jr., please, 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 uh, go ahead and cancel this fight, man. I, I just don't. Well, before I get into that, man, let's go to this tail of the tape right quick. So, yes, uh, we have Mike Tyson, uh, who is about 5'10". Uh, his reach is about 71 inches. Uh, he's 54 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you have Roy Jones Jr., who is about 5'11". Uh, he has a 74-inch reach, and he is 51 years old. Roy Jones Jr.'s record is 66-9. and nine. Uh, And then you have Mike Tyson's record, who is, which is 50-6. and six. It doesn't matter, man. Let's throw the records out, out of here, man. It, uh, records don't count in this. To me, it's about the reach, the height. In the heavyweight division, Tyson historically had to face uh, some taller fighters. Uh, just by every fighter that I can remember, I mean, Tyson always had to punch up. For Roy Jones to be just about the same height, I mean, uh, you could take away that aspect of Tyson having to punch up. Uh, but it's just going to be an interesting fight, man. I, this is supposed to be eight rounds, man. I don't think it's going to go eight rounds. Uh, it's going to be real, man. Like you said, man, everybody done watched the clips of Tyson hitting that heavy bag, man. Um, <laughs> I just don't know what's going to happen, man. I, I really hope that this doesn't turn into, I believe it was a Rocky Four situation when Apollo Creed and Drago got up in the uh, ring, man, in the exhibition, and, and, and Drago just went ahead and killed Apollo Creed, man. Everybody felt that, man. He was like, man, this is an exhibition? And this dude is killing Apollo Creed? Sad so, day, man. It was a sad day. Hey, look, man, everybody was, was hurt on that one. I just hope that, you know, both fighters do remain safe, man, throughout all this. And looking at the videos of Roy Jones Jr. and and where he's just kind of in his stance and he's kind of just punching slow, you yes. know, it seems like 
his strategy, just purely from the video, is I'm going to use my reach. I'm going to jab him. I want to get him into the later rounds uh, to probably tire him out and then, you know, do what I do. I don't know. What, what do you think? Well, if you remember the Roy Jones, uh, when he was on top of the world, he relied on his athletic ability. He was so quick and he had the power to knock somebody out. So that's where it's intriguing in a way, because this fight was supposed to happen back in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I look at Roy Jones Jr. I just don't know if he can't, I don't know how fast he's going to be able to move. Man, if that, if that's what he probably, if you look at the end of his career, he, he didn't have it. He wasn't moving, man. And now he's 51. Come on, man. So Roy wasn't moving. No. And that's, that's the problem with the fight now because he's not, he can't move the way he used to. So that's when you see Tyson. But if he, if he takes Tyson past, I say the fifth round, I think Roy Jones Jr. has a, a legitimate chance to win. Man, listen. Because I think Tyson going to be coming out trying to take his head off. That's what I, the other thing I'm worried about with this fight, man. Someone getting really seriously injured. Somebody going, that's what I'm worried about. You and, saw the pun, you saw the videos, man, of Tyson practicing and, and how he's just going to just be like a bulldog and just come right at you. That's what I mean. So if Roy Jones Jr. can't get out the way like he used to be able to, it's, it's going to be a problem. And that's he's where he's going to have to jab the hell out of yep. Tyson, man, that first, the first few seconds. Yep. And jabbing and run, jab and run. He, he has to go Mayweather style or like he used to. And I don't think he has it in him. I don't think he has age. it in him either, man. I, I saw like the last few fights. Well, I can't even say that. I saw the highlights of the last few fights of Roy Jones. Mm -hmm. And I, I looked at the knockouts, him getting knocked out. Yes. And some of those were, man, he just didn't see it. He didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. Or he just couldn't react to it. Or it was even to a point where I remember one knockout, it just felt like it seemed like it was a tap on his chin yep. and he was out. And so I'm like, man, if, if Tyson just gets a hold of your chin one good time, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's going to be knocked out, man. Yep. If this is successful though, if it's a legitimate fight and it goes a number of rounds, this is something they're trying to take to the next level where they're having like this, uh, legend circuit. Man. I forgot the term they're using for this, but it, like Evander Holyfield saw this, he's like, "Where, where was my invite?" So right, like, right. Hold on, Evander sure don't. He Evander sure doesn't need to get in the ring, man. So and that's where you, you to. If you listen to Evander speak right now, mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes, and listening to Roy Jones Jr. as well, it's like, man, I, I just can't understand him. I'm just gonna be straight up. Like I said, that's my biggest fear with this whole fight is someone getting seriously injured. So I'm very intrigued by it, though. So I will be trying to see what it's about for sure. See, and that's the thing, man. I think it's going to do very well on pay-per-view. Oh, big time. Purely because, for one, people want some live sports to see. Yes. During this time. Mm -hmm. But then also, let's think about it, man. A lot of the bars are closed um, or they're really limiting what 
is actually going to be how many people is going to be in the um, bars or or restaurants. Yeah, I think people are going to individually purchase this thing just a sense of, for a sense of entertainment. So I think they're going to get some pretty decent numbers. Let me ask you this: Who you got and what round and, and how? Here are my two trains of thought. One is going to be Tyson in the second by knockout, or it's going to be Roy Jones Jr. in the seventh by knockout. With that being said, I'm going to go Tyson because Tyson in the second by knockout, just purely based on their age. And I don't know how much gas they're going to have. So I'm going Tyson second round, KO. What about you, Jay? Look here, man. I'll just say this, man. I remember seeing Roy Jones Jr. He came to Indianapolis. And I was able to see him live uh, because back then Roy was just knocking fools out and he was this the star of the sport. Um, having said that, man, look, Mike Tyson going to win this thing, man. And I believe Mike will get him in the first round. It's going to be the end of the first round and a knockout. The only way that I believe it goes into the second round is if Roy holds him quite a bit in that first round. And he may hold him because he got hit. And it could be not even a head punch. It could be something to the body that yep. Roy just wasn't expecting mm-hmm. and, just, and just got him. So I believe this will go the end of the first round and knock out Mike winning. So the other topic that we have uh, is regarding each sports organization has its own strategy of playing their respective sport during the pandemic, whether they're starting the season or resuming the season. Um, as I mentioned in the previous show, I just don't think, and I just don't really understand why baseball and football is actually flying to different cities, staying in different hotels and playing in empty stadiums. I just don't get it. I just don't understand. That's just a whole nother variable to go ahead and add. I just don't get it. I think the NBA has done this right. Not only have they done it right, but I believe they have shown America what it takes to actually do away with the virus in your own community. Testing, staying away, following certain rules, whatever the case may be, and then going ahead and really playing your sport they've successfully have started or resumed their their season and i believe they're going to be the only sport to actually crown a champion uh this this year in their sport them and also hockey hockey has resembled that's what i was gonna say yeah hockey is doing the same thing listen hockey is actually doing the same thing that the NBA is doing in terms of having this bubble, doing the testing. Mm-hmm. The sacrifice, again, is that the teams and the players, they have to be in this bubble situation, strict bubble situation, for a period of time, away from their families, their loved ones, friends, etc. It's working. Yes, and the players are not going out. They have strict rules on that where they have to stay within the confines. Versus Major League Baseball, the players, they go home. Like we talked about in the last show, they go home. You don't know who's been in their house. Mm-hmm. If they go out, they can go out for an innocent dinner. They can pick up COVID. So now we're seeing backfire a little bit on MLB. And they're trying their best to keep the season moving. 
with these teams having to postpone series. So the Marlins, Miami Marlins, had this week weekend the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And the teams that may have been playing them previously, they had to quarantine. So after the Marlins left, the Phillies and all these different teams now, as a result, have to look at this now and make sure everyone's quarantined, everyone's safe. That is playing. I feel what Major League Baseball and football should really do, you have to play your divisional rivals. Why not just have a dedicated stadium in that division, in each division, and then have the teams in that division stay in a bubble situation and then play the games, the divisional games, for those non-divisional games, you do obviously you have to travel to that actual bubble. So, for prime example would be, uh, let's just say in football, uh, where you have the NFC North. Just have use the stadium, say for instance, um, and not to be a homer here with the Packers, but let's just say Minnesota. Just say okay, Minnesota, Minnesota or Detroit, since there's an indoor stadium and facility you're not going to have any fans or you could have maybe a few, you know a certain number of fans but just dedicate one stadium play all the games divisional games in that stadium week in week out and then just call it you know your divisional champion and then go to your uh so i think the nfc north this year plays afc south so this is saying then dedicate or get an AFC South stadium and then just travel from that standpoint if you need to, yeah. but then just have a bubble situation. I think both baseball and football can do a lot better than what they're doing right now. Let me ask you this. How many games in baseball over or under do you feel will happen before the season is called uh, over or under 25 and a half games? Honestly, I think it's going to go over because there's a lot of money involved. They're going to push even though they're running into all these snags right now with all the different teams running, they're going to push forward. And I don't know if they use like a percentage for, mm-hmm. for to say you made the playoffs versus number of wins or whatever they're going to do to get this season completed. But it seems right now they're just going full steam ahead and they had to expect something like this. I just think that now it's just their contingency plans and seeing that play out. So and the NFL, I think, is the winner in all of this. Just from the standpoint, they can see this now and say, ah, we may need to change some things. Where if they're following the baseball concept and letting people go home and do what you need to do, they're going to they're gonna run to the same scenarios. So the NFL can actually observe this since they're following the baseball method and say, how can we address this? Uh, without compromising the season. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying at least the NFL still has a month window before their games kick off to say, all right, how are we going to address this, this, and this? Because baseball is the guinea pig from that standpoint of traveling and not doing the bubble. You said answer my question. You said over. So you said over 25 and a half. Yeah. I'm saying under, man. Listen, I think it's going to be 24 games. I, I think the players now really start to get fed up. Uh, mm-hmm. You have Lorenzo Cain, outfielder for uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, who just you know opted out of the rest of the season. 
there's a few other players that's opting out for the rest of the season, um, high-quality players as well. So I think the players are seeing this. Uh, they're seeing the debacle, in my opinion, of what's happening with the Florida Marlins and now St. Louis Cardinals. Mm-hmm. The Phillies have had it as well. You just don't know. You don't know where they caught it. You don't know what they who they interacted with. The um, tracing, the tracing model, the, the tra- is not there. The tracing model is not going to be there. Even so, let's just think about the flights to back and forth from you know city to city. A whole nother variable there that we yes. talked about. So yeah. I, I just think that people are going to really start opting out. Players want to stop opting out of this uh, season. And we're seeing that in football, too. You see, you saw the New England Patriots. A lot of their players are opting out of playing mm-hmm. purely because I, the plan that Major League Baseball and football has, in my opinion, it's just not put together well. Even though they may have contingencies, to me, that plan A of keeping the players safe, I just don't feel it. Some of it, too, is accountability. Let me ask you this. I know that there has been a couple of football teams that have said they're going to have a few fans in the stands to recoup some dollars. Is it even worth it? I don't think so. I think you 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 see this model, you go through the season, do it without fans, keep the variables low as much as you can. You bring fans in, like we've talked about in the past, that's another variable you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And... It just right now it just doesn't make sense. Just finish, go through 2020. Let's get through 2020, and then season 2021. All right, let's introduce fans back into this now that we've had ample amount of time to possibly have a vaccine in place and mm-hmm. understand our learnings from this year. I, I know I it's a like, money grab, but you still mm-hmm. got to be smart about it. I think I, I said 24 games for Major League Baseball before uh, once they hit 24. I think they'll call the season. I don't think we're going to have an NFL season. I really don't. Um, they may get off one, two games, maybe, but I think that might might do it. Yeah, I would say basketball, NBA got it right. How awesome has it been over the past few days to really look at live basketball? Oh, man. It's been absolutely phenomenal. And I'll say this, uh, the Saturday games, the Saturday games started at 1 p.m. And it went throughout the entire night. Yes. So about 1 p.m. Eastern time, Eastern Standard Time, to uh, had to be about 11 o'clock p.m. Yep. It was watching that Raptors Lakers game. Yeah, yeah. And so the way that the NBA has done this, they've done it right. I'm curious as to their viewing uh ratings. Just in talking about that, I mean, let's look at some of the teams real quick, really quickly. Yep. Um, and let me get your thoughts about uh the teams and, and just how the NBA is handling this, Danny. Mm-hmm. First off, I want to tell you too that the messaging throughout these games so the intros and the powerful commercials puts a lot of things in perspective of what's going on currently in our current day environment i think it's been intriguing to see these teams and kind of teams that have been flat coming out and the teams that have some energies for example that thursday night kickoff man those dudes it 
Now they're not shooting the greatest right now because they're still, I think, get, trying to get their legs. But you watch that New Orleans Pelicans Utah game went down to the end. Clippers mm-hmm. Lakers game was like a playoff game. Mm-hmm. That Bucks Celtics game Friday night, man, intense, man, intense, intense. And so that's that's been good. Just seeing Miami and how they looked yesterday. Mm-hmm. And just, like I said, some of the teams, they're kind of trying to feel the way out. And you don't know, too, if they're trying to hold it back for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then I watched Miami-Denver yesterday, and Miami was, like, locked down mm-hmm. defense <laughs> from from jump. So it's been in the Raptors last night against the Lakers. <sighs> So it's been great games, man. Uh, even who's at the other day? Portland and Memphis mm-hmm. when they went to overtime. And it was like 141. And there's been a lot of scoring in these games. Even though the shooting has been great, there's been a ton of scoring. Man, and the, it, listen, there was no absolutely no defense played in that Houston Rackers game. Dallas and Houston. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There was no defense <laughs> being played in that game, man. Um, I, I'll say this. I'm really, really concerned, though. We need Bledsoe. Uh, we also need Connington uh, mm-hmm. back. Uh, really, and they're not playing tonight against the Houston Rockets. But we, we need those two players back. There was a little rust on our end. Uh, we mm-hmm. started off very well. But that second unit, our second unit struggled. I think that's something that we got to knock the rust off and really kind of get back in motion. Toronto looks very good. Clippers are going to be there. Boston's going to be there. I am not as concerned with the Indiana Pacers. Um, <laughs> well, Sabonis is, I think, is yeah. out for the he's rest out, of the season. He's out for season. the year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so uh, they're going to lose quite a bit uh, losing Sabonis. 76ers, uh, I just don't know about them, man. I just think that they have some other issues happening. I, I can't figure them out. I don't. I think they need to make wholesale changes to that roster, and I think Brett Brown has to go. They need a new voice, and maybe that's yeah. what it is. Maybe it's Brett Brown being the sacrificial lamb here and getting fired. You hate to wish down on somebody, but they need a new voice because, yeah. Yeah. or the talent's not, or they need to reevaluate the talent because it's not meshing. Something, something ain't right. For all the talent they do have, they should be way better than what they are. I mean, they try putting uh, Ben Simmons at the point forward position, mm-hmm. putting a couple of guards out there, taking the ball out of Ben Simmons' hands, which to me would be fine. But your backcourt has got to score consistently. So I don't know. I, I think you know they they sacrificed a lot of outside shooting this off season, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I think when you do that, you're going to allow defenders to lag into the lane a little bit more and you're not really extending things out. So we'll see what happens with that. But I will say everything about the bubble, even practicing social distancing from that perspective, uh, even in the announcers, they have like uh, glass shields. The NBA has gotten this right. They've thought about a whole lot, even to the point where, from what I understand, they restock the lakes with fish. So the players can go go ahead and go fish. Uh, so uh, they the NBA has thought about a lot of things, and I just think that they are really putting the other sports leagues to shame uh, in terms of their preparation and planning to really finish off the season and eventually crown the champion. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. 
You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love. 